powered by the number one REMAX real estate company in the world, Gold Nation. The Juggernaut Podcast is dedicated to helping real estate professionals and beyond become an unstoppable force, a juggernaut. We believe when the real estate professional thrives, everybody wins. Release the third Wednesday of every month. Each episode will leave you inspired, energized, and ready to be unstoppable. Want to learn more about the Juggernaut Podcast? Go to www.juggernautpodcast.com. Here's your hosts, Stephanie Flood and Anthony James. Hello and welcome back to the Juggernaut Podcast. My name is Anthony James, and of course, I'm joined with Stephanie Flood. And today, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest. I want to say drum roll, please. <laughs> Stephanie, why don't you tell us who we are uh, joined with today here on the Juggernaut Podcast? Our esteemed guest today, we've, we've finally gotten to the point where we can talk to the president of Northern California, Nevada, Keith Ard. Keith, are you excited to be on the podcast today? I, I've been waiting. <laughs> I, I, I just sit back. I, I love these every month, and I'm just like so honored to be here to have some fun today and tell tell some stories and talk a little bit about who is Keith Ard, the mystery guy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And that's the perfect way to start our conversation today because most of our audience knows you as the president of NorCal and Nevada and, and Gold Nation real estate guy, leader. But there's a lot more that went into how you got here. There's some some good history there that I don't want to give away. So I want I want you to give us the short version of how you got here. And then we're going to dive deeper into some of those industries and experiences and let people get to know you with uh, the really incredible storyteller that we know you are. Well, I look forward to having some fun today. And it really all began for me uh, growing up in the Bay Area. I grew up in Santa Clara, California, um, before it was known as Silicon Valley. It was a couple of big companies and a nice little town called Santa Clara. And uh, at six years old, uh, a gift surfaced. And that gift was that I could actually take banging on pots and pans and counters and turn it into something that sounded kind of interesting. And that was playing the drums. And so I began playing the drums at six years old, which it's hard to believe uh, that was 50 years ago. <laughs> 50 years ago, I started playing the drums. And yes, I still play the drums today. We could talk a little bit about that. But really what I, deeper than playing the drums, is I realized that I enjoyed people and I enjoyed seeing people smile. And at a young age, you can imagine, because I kind of figured out how to play those drums in a way that kind of made sense pretty quick. And so I was entertaining people before I even knew that I was entertaining people. And at a young age, I was actually brought in and I started playing in band environments with people that were three times my age, four times my age when I was nine years old. And so to play at nine years old in environments where people were laughing and clapping and having a good time, I kind of realized, hey, it's kind of cool to be in the people business. And it started for me there. And, you know, we could go into a lot more detail if you'd like about what all that meant. But it, my gifting, I guess, started really then where I realized that if I could entertain people and help people, then I, I was going to enjoy that gift as much as I could in my life. And so, Keith, I know you have some amazing drumming stories, and I'd love for you to just pick one. Just pick one great story because you've played on some big stages in your career. And 
we'll start there. I mean, it was a career for a season of yeah. time where you were on the road playing with some of the biggest names in show business. And I think, I mean, didn't you even have a residency in Las Vegas somewhere? I did. I actually was a leader for Remax Gold until 2.45 every Thursday afternoon. And then I would get on a plane and for 17 weeks, I was able to uh, do a fun show, a mainline show in what was Elvis Presley's room at the Riviera. Now no longer, but it was quite a cool experience. Uh, and I only nearly missed my flight one time. But you can imagine, I had about two-hour window to get there, get ready for a show on Thursday nights in Las Vegas. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool window a few years back. <laughs> so, I mean... I, I have a favorite story, so I don't want to totally give it away, but let me just let me just give you this little clue of which story I want to hear and I want you to share with our audience. Sure. There's a story about a snare drum, yeah. and I'm just going to leave it right there. So as I was coming up in the ranks in the Bay Area, if you go back into the late 70s and early 80s, you can kind of uh, draw a, a real strong conclusion about the bands that were coming up out of the Bay Area at that time. And obviously, I had started playing in nightclubs when I was 9, 10 years old. Um, and my parents would go with me weeknights and weekends, and they'd sit there, and I would sit backstage, and I'd come out on stage and play, and then I'd go sit in the back because I couldn't legally be in the nightclubs. And so I kind of began to, I guess, build a little name for myself, and I got more popular, and we started playing. I started playing in better environments and uh, so we wound up uh, in a very interesting situation with probably one of the biggest uh, rock bands of all time now before they were one of the biggest bands of all time. And so we're playing this sold-out venue in the Bay Area with this band who had just launched their album that was just tearing up the charts. I mean, you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing three or four of their songs every hour on the hour, and they were making MTV news in real time. These, these guys were quite the spectacle. Well, we did a show with them, and uh, I was we were in the opening group, and uh, it was sold out. There were folks wrapped around the building two or three times and were sound checking, and the drummer for this group um, was standing off stage and happened to really enjoy the sound of my drum set. And quite frankly, it was a pretty nice drum set, and his wasn't quite as nice because they were just kind of up and coming. So he kept admiring the sound of my snare drum. And uh, and he kind of, in a goofy way, kept talking about this snare drum. And now I look back, and it was probably pretty creepy because it was like, why is he like my snare drum so much? So long story short, we do our show, and we get done, and they do their show, and now our truck and their truck is backed up to each other at the back of the venue as all of our cases are being loaded and loaded out. And I get back to our rehearsal studio two nights later only to find that that snare drum that he was so excited to keep talking about was no longer in my possession. So you'll never know the group, <laughs> but I know who they are and I know who he is. And I hope he enjoyed that snare drum because it was a cool snare drum. <laughs> But uh, he stole my snare drum, Stephanie. <laughs> I, I just, I love that. I've, that story never gets old for me. No, it's just, it tells you there's a real story about the illusion of success for a lot of the folks in the music business and the actual realities that they're living in their own lives. And the, and the, the ramp up isn't as glamorous as a lot of people think. And there's a lot of hard knocks. And in fact, the, it, the fact that he 
needed to steal a $400 snare drum when they were one of the biggest draws on MTV and uh, on the radio at the time is pretty fascinating to me. So <laughs> hope you enjoyed the snare drum. Yeah, good story. I got I to gotta be honest. I was like on the edge of my seat waiting you for you to drop the name of the band, but we didn't get it today, so that's okay. I, ha- I have maybe, to be respectful. <laughs> you know, hopefully he's grown past that in his life, and he sure certainly he has. has made enough money to buy uh, a lot of snare drums, so it's probably nice. not a big deal anymore. I bet if I wrote him a letter, he'd probably send me a check. Yeah. I would bet, so. He knows what he did. Yeah, with inflation, we'll it's going to be more than 400 bucks. just saying. So. He, he knows. He's having to live with what he did. Let's just leave it that way. All right. All right, Keith. So I love the uh, the drumming stories and the music stories, and I know you have many more. Um, but I want to go back to something that you said that you really started picking up on at an early age, which is this enjoyment for, you know, entertaining people and being in the people business, which, you know, at some point led you to your first career in wireless. So I want I would love for you to just kind of share that experience and how you took from this experience in drumming and then started to, you know, kind of roll it into your career now as an adult in a wireless company that became pretty mainstream at some point in time. Yeah, it was it was a pretty a pretty fun ride. You know, it's interesting because there's an old saying that um, it's not always what you say or what you do, it's how you make them feel. And in the music business, that's certainly the case. You go to a concert, you don't necessarily remember the the, the lyric that they forgot or the, the sound snafu that took place, but you remember who you were with and the environment in which you were, you felt something cool about that environment. So um, it, it, it all happened um, in my early 20s where I was um, on the road and I was gone a lot. And I had met my now wife of 33 years uh, for the second time. We had met in junior high. In fact, there's a fun story about that. If we want to go there too, everybody will laugh about that story. But uh, we had met in junior high and um, we had reconnected. And being on the road three and a half weeks out of the month wasn't re- working real well for a relationship we were trying to develop. And so some things had taken place on a tour where I said, you know, it was time for me to take a little break because I'd been really going playing almost nonstop since I was about 12 years old. So it was about 10 straight years of just really hard after it, going all the while, you know, going through high school and everything. And so I came home and obviously I had made my money up till that point playing music. And so I said, you know, I've got to get a job. So I uh, opened up the paper and there was a job fair uh, for Circuit City stores. And it was that day. And I told my then girlfriend, now wife, that I'm, I'm going to go get a job. She was going off to her job. I said, I'll see you tonight. I got to go get a job. So I go to this job fair and there's like 300, 400 people at this hotel. And we we're all kind of signing in. I, my resume said drummer, drummer and more drummer. And I've got a mullet and I've got, you know, I cleaned up pretty well, but I, I looked the part of a drummer. I didn't look the part of a salesperson in the wireless business. And so uh, I go through a panel of interviews. And of course, I could communicate pretty well. So people kept moving me on to the next person. So I finally got to the end of the day. And and it was a pretty cool company at the time to want to work for. And uh, this gentleman says to me, he says, I I, I don't even know why I'm going to offer you a job. But you're so intriguing. I'd like you to come work in my store with me in San Jose. So he hired me for one department, which was not the cell phone department, because at that time, they didn't have cell phones. It was for the small electronic department. But interestingly enough, the first day that I started in this job, the two salespeople that worked the car audio department didn't show up. And that's the same day that the phone 
display was delivered to Circuit City stores to start selling cell phones the first day I started. That was 1987. So I'm supposed to work in this small electronics department, but he had no car audio people. And he says, who wants to work car audio? It was my first day. I didn't know any better. I said, I'll go work car audio. I ended up having one of the biggest days that that store had ever recorded in car audio, selling car stereos, because I was a music guy. It wasn't hard. Just turn on a bunch of hard rock, make it loud, and make the kids buy stereos. I was selling them like Scooby Snacks. <laughs> and next thing you know, the cell phone display gets delivered, and I look at what they were paying for the cell phones, and next thing you know, three customers walk in, and by dinner, I had sold three cell phones and a whole lot of car stereos playing Van Halen at loud volume and the kids buying stereos and the store manager who hired me came by and said you're never going back to that department you can stay in here and I started selling cell phones from that point forward and that was when everybody wanted a cell phone and no one could afford one and so literally it was quite a process to get a cell phone they were expensive and they didn't even work very well but I sold an awful lot of cell phones and continued on in that career to move up in the ranks in that company I was a department manager and then I was a trainer and then I became a, a, a store manager one of the younger store managers, and all of it was centered around the car audio and the cell phone business that was booming at that time. And then I took an off-ramp. I was given an opportunity to become an outside sales manager. Outside sales, I'd never done anything with outside sales, and a company in the Fresno market asked me to become their outside sales manager. Well, little did I know there was a reason for that. The first day on that job, <laughs> I walk in, and I sit with a general manager, and he said, by the way, you have four salespeople, None of them are any good. Fire them all and build your own team. So the first day on the job, I get to go fire people that had been there as the sales manager and build my own team. Well, we built the top team in the market very quickly with good people selling phones. And that was in 1993. Uh, so now cell phones were booming. It was the biggest thing out there. Everybody wanted them. Pricing came down. We had... Uh, all kinds of different incentives, and we, uh, we built quite a business pretty quick around that. And, and the rest kind of progressed from there. Uh, progressive roles in leadership. I, I went through five different mergers. Every time the merger would eliminate jobs, and I would be promoted. So it was interesting. I had to move around a little bit, but uh, wound up as the general manager for GTE in San Francisco when I was 30 years old. So that was kind of a cool job. And that was back when uh, wi you know wireless was just booming, and everybody was thrilled around wireless. So it was a pretty cool time. So, so you take, obviously, the, the drumming experience, the people experience, the, the understanding people, and clearly knowing how to talk to them and how to communicate really well, as evidenced by where, where you went after that. So fast forward, you're, you're doing very well in wireless. Obviously, everything you've touched at this point has, has turned to gold, so to speak, how did you end up here as part of Gold? End up is not the right word. How did you happen to become a part of Gold Nation? It's a it's a, a coincidental uh, story, but uh, the last couple of years that I was leading the stores for at that time the number one uh, wireless company in Northern California and Nevada, ironically. Um, I had become licensed. My wife's family was three generations in real estate, and all the while. Other than investing in our own homes, we had not, I had never pursued a career in real estate, but my wife kept saying, you really need to think about real estate, think about real estate. So the, I was working uh, as an apprentice, if you will, for a, a very um, well-known and credible independent broker in the Solano County market 
uh, and I had gotten my real estate license. And he said, come work for me and I'll teach you how to do the business. Well, I was learning the business while I was an executive in the wireless business. And interestingly enough, my first year as an agent, I out-earned my executive salary in the wireless business, helping people buy and sell real estate. And I realized very quickly, let's see, 80 hours a week, on call all the time, 1,300 employees to keep track of, or helping 20 people a year buy and sell real estate. This seems pretty cool. So I had made a decision, and in fact, he and I had discussed me actually opening a second little location in Solano County. So I had decided to resign my executive position in the wireless business. It was time for a change. I was in my late 30s, and I wanted to have more time with my family and less stress in my life. And so I made a decision to leave only to be contacted by Bev Kendall. And Bev and I had a conversation the week that I was leaving, and she said, hey, we're looking to expand our now Sacramento company into Solano County. We've heard good things about you. Would you like to launch our company? And I'm thinking to myself, why would I do that? I'm leaving a big job, and you want me to go launch a big job, a big company, and build a sales team, and I haven't even taken an hour off yet. And I met uh, James, and I met Tim, and I met Bev in person. I immediately connected with the vision. I connected with the people, and I realized that it wasn't the off-ramp that I was thinking I was going to take. It was a bridge. It was a bridge where I could come in, and my gifts could be realized helping people better their life in the space of real estate. And that's how it began. That was nearly 19 years ago. So Keith, you know, I, I'm just reflecting back on my journey with this organization and my 20 years with Gold Nation. And uh, you were the one that tapped me on the shoulder. So I want to give some, some, you know, just some honor your way right now. And thank you for that opportunity back in 2013 when you tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, have you thought about leadership? Kind of how Bev tapped you, you tapped me. And I just so appreciate your leadership and being able to work alongside you for the last, you know, nine, almost 10 years now. And Stephanie as well. And the three of us now, you know, we've, we've kind of called it the triangle right here at yes. Gold Nation. The three of us uh, meet, we talk every single day. We're helping drive the organization forward and uh, really coming from that service attitude and that mindset of wanting to serve and support the organization. So I'd love for you to kind of, you know, just share your thoughts on leadership, why Gold Nation, what makes us special and how you still just keep driving with that passion that you show up with every single day. Well, I think uh, it goes back yet again to drumming. You know, as I began to get into the studio work that I did, playing on records and playing in environments where producers or songwriters would say, um, we'd like you to play this, or we'd like you to play that. A common theme was constantly talked about, and that is keep in mind less is going to be more. Less is going to be more. And when you think about leadership, and I, I appreciate the, the camaraderie we have as a team and the work, the way we work together, we really do complete each other with gifting and, and respect. But it, it really comes back to the same, I think, DNA that I was impressed nearly 20 years ago with our company. I believe we still value today. And that is, it is not about the ego. It is not about us. We're not building a company for us. We're building an environment to attract the very best agents to serve 
the consumers at the very highest level. And so it's less of us, more of them. And so that advice I was given many times in studio environments to, that less equals more, I think we think the same way. Less of us, more of the agent, more of the opportunity, more connection to the consumer. And then through their success, we get to succeed. And that is the same enjoyment that I received 25 years ago, 30 years ago, watching people enjoy the music that was being created that I was involved in. is It was never about me. Well, it might have been for an, a, a minute and a half of an hour and a half show with a drum solo. And I do like a good drum solo, Anthony. But it was only for the purpose of making people feel really good and have a good time and leave with something different, regardless of what's going on in their life. And I think in our world today, we know that Things can get difficult and life can get in the way. But in the end, if we can be that constant positive force to help people find their very best, then we can enjoy the fruit of that once they enjoy the fruit of that. And I think that's what it really comes down to is putting it, putting it in order of serving first to then receive. Absolutely. I feel like we all, you really embody that every day. And it is it is a lot of fun for us to get to work together and get to, to do this side by side and have watched you and get to work with you for all of these years that we've been together now. So, I mean, I know you got stories for days and I really want the audience to kind of get a little, little taste here. So I'm going to go back because you mentioned the car audio and I know there's a car audio story with a you know, quarterback that we may, may know who came in in his much younger days yeah. in a, not as nice car. So I, I want you to tell that. I, I want to tell it for you. <laughs> so uh, I was in Fresno, and that's as far as I'm going to hint who it is, because once again, out of respect, I don't like to tell stories that um, people might be uncomfortable to have told. But uh, it was a rainy afternoon. I think it was a Monday. And this familiar face walked through the department. I immediately knew who they were. And they were an up-and-coming quarterback prospect. And uh, they came in and they were looking for a stereo for their then Honda Accord. And, you know, the Honda Accords today are pretty cool cars. But, you know, you go back 30, 35 years, the Honda Accord was, yeah, it was kind of a basic transportation. And then beat it up a little bit, put some <laughs> miles on it and make it look kind of ratty. Uh, and so here's this up and coming quarterback prospect driving this Honda Accord and he had a budget that was kind of today would have been like a, a good allowance check, I get, <laughs> I, I guess, because he, he wanted some sound in there, but he didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so anyway, we took care of him. We put a nice little stereo in that car. And, and, and you know, we, he drove that around for a few more months. But interestingly enough, uh, his career was evolving rather quickly. Next thing you know, he shows up. He wants another stereo. It wasn't even a year. He's got a real nice Ford Explorer now. And that Ford Explorer, he had a little bigger budget. So we put a little better stereo in that. And, and he went on to have a pretty, uh, pretty cool NFL career for many, many years. And I'm sure he uh, doesn't have the Ford Explorer or the Honda Accord anymore. But uh, he didn't have much of a budget in the early days. Very similar to my music career where I met a lot of folks that they were on shoestring budgets back in the day. And now they're, well, the history books would say a very different story. What I like about that, that, though, is that if we're looking at this from a real estate perspective, you treated your client with respect, regardless of his budget, 
gave him a very positive experience. And when he was ready for his next purchase, he remembered that and he came back. And that's what it really comes down to is sometimes serving the reward isn't immediate. And I think the the reward happens when the reward is, uh, when when it's due. And, And it comes usually at the right time. So you're right. Uh, you know, I didn't judge him for the small sale that really was not very lucrative for me at all, but I was just trying to help someone that I had some respect for, and I think that made an impression. And I think we all face that from time to time where we have to work for a, a, a client situation that's maybe difficult or on a transaction that maybe is beneath what we normally target. But it all adds up to the bigger picture of serving people, and then the bigger rewards come. So, Keith, I want us to kind of focus in now on the audience of Gold Nation, which is, you know, made up primarily of fantastic, productive, quality agents that call Gold Nation home. And you're out in the marketplace. You've been a part of Gold Nation now for nearly 20 years. You know, what are you seeing today in the marketplace? How are you encouraging the agents? What message would you want the audience to really latch on to as we continue to navigate a changing market as we round out 2022 and we start looking at next year? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, we are in a changing environment, but there's one constant that I think has been in my life for now 50 years, and I think it's been in most agents' careers for a number of years, and that is serving the consumer's need. And I think more than the market changing right now, I think the need of the client is changing. The information they need, the support they need, the advice they need, I think that's evolving. Um, It's it's tilted back to be a little more balanced between sellers and buyers, which is good news for buyers. As painful as the shift may feel or have felt we don't want to look in the rear view mirror. It's much smaller than the windshield. The windshield of opportunity is huge right now. If people will just think about serving all those buyers that tapped out over the last 18 months where they just didn't have the funny money to throw on top of an offer or they felt like they were not going to be irresponsible and overbuy just because there was low inventory. You have more inventory choice now. Rates have gone up, but there's so many creative financial solutions that are out there if agents will learn the current instrument options that exist right now and and, and tap in. Our, our home guide loan officers are a wonderful resource right now to just get to know and ask the question, if you were going to help someone buy a $600,000 house, what, what loan products should I be talking to them about as I'm pre-qualifying them so that they can come as a resource? And I think if you either ask the question or you can obviously see the problem that you need to solve for the consumer. That's what we're paid to do. That's what, that's who we are. That's where the, the rich enjoyment comes of serving is, is solving the problem and or creating the dream and solving the dream and making the dream happen for the person. Because right now we're going to solve some problems and we're also going to help accomplish some dreams. And I think if we can balance that, then how rewarding is that? And I think we can look past the narrative that says the market's bad, it's not as good, the opportunity isn't as good. I would argue it's better because now we can do what we do best. And REMAX agents and REMAX Gold agents and Gold Nation agents are the very best. Statistically, we serve more consumers. I say this all the time and I ask people, please never apologize for selling more houses than everybody else because we're serving people every time we do that. I wonder if in all the years here at Gold Nation, 
If you have a, a favorite memory or an experience that sticks out that you might like to share with our, our Gold Nation audience. Oh my gosh, there has been an awful lot of them. I, I, I think more than one specific, there's a specific theme that happens and it's probably when I get the most satisfaction about being in leadership. It's when I run across an associate and Dana Sello, I will say, I will say was comes to mind because when she and I first met, we were on each side of a transaction many, 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 many years ago in Solano County. And she said, I'm happy where I am. And I said, that's great. But I said, you'd be happier where I am. <laughs> and we kept going through the transaction and it was a hair raising experience. Both of us had very difficult clients and we formed this kind of uh, bond that we were, it became a quest. To close this house was really more of a quest. It was no longer about the commission or any benefit. It was just, can we actually get this darn thing done? And through that process, I got to know her and I never let up saying, you'd be happier where I am. And it took some time. And then over time, she followed my lead and she found her, her, her way here. I'm going to guess that was 15, 16 years ago, perhaps somewhere in that range. And along the way, she has said multiple times, Keith, you were right. I should have done it sooner. And to me, that is the greatest compliment. If there's a compliment that we ever want, that's the greatest compliment that we enjoy is knowing that what we set out to do, which is honestly help people have a better business life and a better personal life, when they realize we honestly were telling them the truth. That's so good. I love that line. You'd be happier where I am. That's <laughs> such a great line. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's, uh, let's kind of round third base and start to, to head home in this conversation. Um, what, what motivates you today, Keith? What keeps you inspired and engaged and just the passion. Again, I, I want to go back to that because I know that every day that I work with you, you are excited. You're all in and you're just everything Gold Nation. You're just a, a, a walking billboard for the company in a good way. And uh, I just want to know, like, where do you get that from? Yeah, well, I think it's first being grounded in who you are and realizing that um, you know, there's a lot of good business teachings out there. But one of the things that I prescribed to early on in my career was a a, a, uh, an author by the name of Stephen Covey who said in business and in life, begin with the end in mind and work backwards and you'll find a path of success. That's kind of a paraphrase, but I've done that in my life. And I think that um, every day I wake up knowing that I have the ability to affect change and I have the ability to bring my best. And if I can inspire someone, if I can help someone, if I can offer years of experience and perhaps wisdom in something that they need help with. And I can see them accomplish because of my involvement. Then I can go home and feel like I've accomplished myself. Um, when you get into the people business and you realize that you're in the people business, the product no longer matters. Drumming, cell phones, houses is not the product. The goal is people and making people as successful as they want to be. And then through their success, we succeed. And whether that's selling cell phones or playing music or selling or buying homes, it's really comes down to helping people. And so I, I love helping people. 
And uh, I get reward out of seeing people accomplish at a high level. I can stand back kind of like the proud parent on the side of the sports field, realizing that um, our hard work um, is helpful to people. And that keeps me going. And it works, too, because you bring that enthusiasm every day. And I, I really enjoy that. I'm, I think that's coming through to our audience here to really get that feeling from you. So thank you for sharing that. Well, we're, we're coming to the end here, and I always like to ask if there's a favorite book or phrase or something you'd like to share with our audience that they could pick up and kind of be further inspired by. You know, there's, there's so, so many books out there. Um, I don't even know if there's a book that I would point to right now. I would probably, I would probably, this may sound a little funny, I might go to a movie that has been one of my favorite movies for years and it's a movie called what about bob <laughs> and we could talk a lot about what about bob and which side of uh, bob or or uh, dr marvin you're on but uh, there's a there's a, a phrase that bob used as he got out of bed and he and he gave his goldfish some food and as he started his day he simply said this gotta go to work and every day I wake up realizing that it's an honor to say, got to go to work. Well said. That's like a mic drop moment, Keithard. Fantastic stuff. I want to just say, again, thank you and extend gratitude to what you do for Gold Nation, making this place amazing, helping create the environment, helping drive the vision of Gold Nation forward. Uh, it is truly an honor and a privilege to work alongside you. And I know that you are in the field talking to agents, meeting with agents, engaging with the agents. And so I'm sure that uh, there's lots of gratitude your way as well from the agents. So thank you on behalf of Gold Nation for just taking the time out of your day to chat with us here on the Juggernaut Podcast. Anything else to add, Stephanie? I, I love the, the What About Bob reference because you have shared that a number of times. So that was great. And I, I enjoy hearing that and just really glad that our audience kind of got to know you a little bit better today and understand what makes you who you are. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. And, and I definitely enjoyed the time. Well, thanks for having me. It was a great time and uh, love to do it again. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. This is the Juggernaut Podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining us and listening to the Juggernaut Podcast. Our vision is truly to inspire our listeners to become an unstoppable force, not only in business, but also in life. To develop that juggernaut mindset that will embrace conflict, overcome adversity, and influence positive impact in the communities we live, work, and serve. It is time to awaken the juggernaut in us all. We look forward to bringing you another inspiring episode next month on the third Wednesday right here on the Juggernaut Podcast. Until then, take care and continue to be unstoppable.